Beginning of Act 1. We begin by applauding the champion of the tournament. Going back in time a titch of uh, these several rounds here, Raphael faced off against a, a uh, dexterous javelin, magically returning, throwing, sneaky guy. Oh, like, Whoa! Tried to tried to uh, use hold person on you. Not happening. You took care of him easily enough. He's he's slick. It may have been. Much more difficult fight, slower, not as fun, if not for the fact that Urfael was, I'm sure he was not expecting to be just as fast as his dexterous, taller, longer-legged form was. Um, he's got a broken nose, and he tried to communicate with him. He did respond, but it was mostly like, what and who and why? Um, but still out there as an entity, but imagine Andy might be like, oh, sad, sad man. <laughs> Um, P-brain little boy. We saw several other matches between folks, but um, Urfael and Henry Smaltgut's next match was against the Red Tiefling and Plate Armor and Spear Zavish Tolstriven. Somewhat honorable, I would say quite honorable figure for the folks here at least that fought in a in a duel directly face to face to face, getting getting a good number of hits. Very. I would say from, from a skill standpoint, skill would trounce the other two com- combatants that you faced, um, but did not stop Urfael from trouncing him and uh, skewering him with his own spear right through the, um, che- the, through the cheek and up before he yielded, and you all went off your separate ways, leading us to a bout between Valdalen, Tuskbreaker, and Zolkrokov, a, a half-orc. Some history there, though von Dedalen, uh, Tuskbreaker, does not know who this Cobb person is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We read between the lines here and see a history, uh, um, well, not between the lines, he actually said, said it flat out. He is here to defeat, to sully um, von Dedalen, Tuskbreaker, in front of all of these people that she's like a local legend hero sort of thing of the mm-hmm. northern stuff blah 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 or orcs and, and whatnot um when that fight happened uh, unfortunately Tom's exact words <laughs> blah 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 <laughs> and so on and so forth unfortunately what happened was when Dylan Tuskbreaker was true to her name and broke his tusks and mm-hmm. pried them from his mouth in a brutal mm-hmm. form nothing against Zokro Cobb's skill um, mm-hmm. Just a more uh, testament to the Dale and Tusk Breaker's strength, fortitude, constitution. Um, and in the end, the build, mm-hmm. uh, sheer brutality is perhaps the word. Mm-hmm. I, I would, and the glee with which she um, punched, grabbed, ripped, and used daggers to pry out, mm-hmm. you know, to Urfael seeing Cobb uh, pulled, um, blood trailing down as he's barely groggily conscious um, to his place. Not to get locked up by any means, but to get tended to um, for all intents and purposes, it looked looked like she was very near to killing him, and it will take him a bit to recover. Which, of course, then led to the finale between Hemner Smutga, the no-named fella that has proved himself a worthy opponent, and Dale and Tuskbreaker, Though the odds for victory um, were a little bit in her favor, but much closer than than one might have thought with the no name versus the, the, the named. 
battle commenced in between all of these various bets were placed and before this final bout in fact um felix and Fairine were invited down to speak with not the halfling not the gnomish fellow taking bets but a dwarvish um, man clearly at a, at a level above them working for either the king the bank the ta tax men who knows what but had some gold backs with, with him so somebody of, of great import at least that blessed be for you opened up your allotment you can even up to 50,000 which means you can place a bet on this Fairine offering to take him up on the offer not to the maximum amount but taking him up on the offer all the same smiles handshakes were Exchanged, um, you guys went to watch the bout between Hemner Smuggut and Vodalen Tuskbreaker. Toughy one, I think a different way of seeing two dwarves with, with giant axes, one armored, one, one not so armored, doing battle, not throwing anything, just coming in hard and then b backing off. Mm -hmm. And seeing them, uh, you know, s sizing each other up recovering their own strength over time, a different form of combat than I think you've seen Raphael um, engage in with any sort of, you know, um, long-term sort of thing. Like, once or twice, maybe, but this is, like, multiple um, turns in a, in a row, seeing him, like, get his breath back and see this. Unfortunately, seeing her doing the exact same thing. Mirror matches are fun sometimes. <laughs> um... It, do, it did look, for lack of a better term, like a longer, prolonged fight might have even behooved her. Mm -hmm. um, but what she could not possibly anticipate is the sheer strength and the amount of damage that Hamner does per strike. Um, recklessly, attacking with reckless abandon, coming in, hitting hard, knocking her down to her knees as she unleashed a six attacks swarm again against you two of them criti pretty, critical hits pretty good pretty good shaving earth down to merely the hp of 28 normal sol soldiers <laughs> as he took the he took the hits and returned them in favor with two more of his own laying her low and prying a number of her teeth from her strong of gums themselves. The mm -hmm. pain wash, washing over her, falling unconscious, her being pulled o away. Not one to speak much about, I'm gonna go see the king and ask for my forks back! You know, a man of quiet few words allowed to go back and clean yourself up a bit before you are carted through the city. Carted through the city. Um, all the people saying, oh, that's that, that's the victor, that's the victor. Um, look upon us and wave. We're blessed for a month. Um, nonsense. Um, but you did, uh, you were offered, yeah, by your um, by your handler, you were offered uh, your favorite drink, which you drank in before, I should not actually be before, before, before the fight, my apologies. Okay. And your stomach went... Nah, I'm sure it wasn't the kid <laughs> who's twice my, my, my age. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a moment there where I believe it was you, specifically you, that saw um, Yaldrin Scribe Sorrow do some sort of spell, spellcraft upon Urfael and did not take. Mm -hmm. And he kind of had a furrowed brow and was 
right um, before Tuskbreaker laid in heavy to Earth, and then Earth laid in heavier to her, and then the fight was over, and he turned and left and deploys. So you know some degree of foul play is either afoot or being attempted here, at least you think. It's hard to know because nothing happened, you know, but you were, you were already suspicious anyways. Mm-hmm. With that, you two went down to get your winnings in a very important um, moment here where, to be not to rehash the, the whole thing, but the Dwarven banker fellow clearly didn't necessarily want to give you guys upwards of 40,000 gold in victory, and posited, like, you were the one who really mentioned, like, well, the king's gonna have all this gold back anyways. Well, what do you mean? Well, we're here for business. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially, the deal being struck here, whether true or not is yet to be seen, but the deal being struck here mm-hmm. was that he will get you in front of the king and the five clan lords, mm-hmm. but your man's request has to be to ask for you to come come in. So you're sacrific- he's sacrificing his boon for mm-hmm. the, 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 this, and you sacrificed most of your boons. Mm-hmm. So to be clear, you still... You made the ten thousand back that you came came with. That's for the that's for the crown, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you made ten thousand. You can keep the other twenty thousand mm-hmm. going back to the king, back into his chest, and of course, ten percent of all that going to the king's um, coffers themselves by taxes. But Annie is illusioned, so she is smiling her way. They don't see the tears. No, they don't see the they tears. Slowly just come <laughs> off of an illusory chin. <laughs> some yeah. people cry. There's many reasons why someone would cry. For Annie, it's I only made ten thousand gold this day. That wasn't even mine to win. But hey, you mm-hmm. gave up. You've sacrificed a lot, and as I said at the end of <laughs> last time, much of this was sort of. Um, not only did you have to fight perhaps your um, instincts and give up some that is important to, to Annie, not just comedically, but the idea of giving up an amount of gold is a hard thing for her, 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 her upbringing and everything else. She had to, to do that, had to, I mean, I used to say had to, but you did, you, you did that to your, your own benefit. Similarly, Urfael had a fantastic insight where he saw the proctors were waiting and hoping that you would kill Tusk Breaker if for no other reason they could declare you not the victor. There is no victor here. Tusk Breaker is dead. Snuff ruin the contract, everybody. Go home. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Anything that they could do. So you were on your best best behavior. No spellcraft help was sent. Everybody was on their best behavior. Or for one fair oh, square. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leo, I actually owe you something. Um, I didn't occur to me i just for- forgot mm. that these people you were fighting would have been through some bouts them- themselves mm. and their mm-hmm. hp should have been lower than it was oh, I was so <laughs> I'm I, 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 I figured it was just a part of the, the game of dnd i wasn't like, i wasn't gonna complain <laughs> it is i had their maximum hp which was calculated properly and then i didn't want to go through a whole bunch of bouts but i should have after the tournament everybody's like some. wait dude you didn't ask to be healed between each fight what the fuck's wrong with you it's free <laughs> um so i'm gonna give you back uh, um for the three fights that you had i'm just gonna give you back 60 health Oh, damn. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking... Well, I guess you took half for most th- things. 
Uh, well, I have to think about through. I'm thinking how much, how much, how much damage did you take? That I want to get back, but you only take half. Mm-hmm. So let's do forty, because you fair. generally only took half, except for Von Dalen. She was doing more, but she would have been at full health. So this is really from the first two that would have had some 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 scratches on them. You wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken totally quite as fair. many hits from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you. And with I'm ready for war. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you headed out, cleaned up the the bit that you are on an open topped carriage, being pulled by two big shaggy. Horned ram-like like creatures, giant hooves clip-clopping you through the city, as you're taking the main th- the main thoroughfare directly from the Iron Bread Coliseum to somewhere to the palace itself. You're not really sure. There's a lot of tall, ancient structures in this district, specifically this dome. Oh, dome is the wrong word. That makes it sound too much like like the court city where it is like domes everywhere. Just this cavernous cavern space um you're not sure exactly where you're, you're where, where you're going but you were told you were meeting with the king and the, the other four clan lords post haste as you are making your way uh, that that direction as as we said there was plenty of we are the champion there were plenty of mm-hmm. folks you know waving to you and i think there was a moment where you're kind of like doing some of the little waves and then they 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 they, they, they smile and go you see you see and you're like oh oh shit and I think for Earth, maybe, maybe there's just, just a slight bit of like, of like, oh, sometimes fighting and getting recognized by people, it's not so bad, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of feels good in a sense. We have done well and played fair and square and beat these fuckers. And now you're being lauded as a champion mm-hmm. in this sense. Meanwhile, you two were not on a wagon being pulled by Jack by, by Jack shit. You were being <laughs> escorted by four goldbacks mm-hmm. and I think I think eight other um, uh, just normal guards um, along the main thoroughfare. Also, honestly, like three hundred feet behind behind smelt gut, you're not really mm-hmm. a part of the retinue sort of thing. You're just being marched there. Having been told that this is his boon, you're going to meet with them. We don't want the king to have to, to wait. Mm-hmm. You'll be in a holding um, space, assuming he does what he's doing properly. And again, you all assume there's going to be a degree of threat assessment before you can meet with this guy. He has been called the paranoid king since the day I described Scarlet to, to, to you all mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago. Off uh, uh, camera, we already discussed what you guys not only had a tune, but also had physically on you, and mm-hmm. what you have in the fanny pack. So we'll just keep keep those top of mind right here. Urfael has just um, your axe, your ring, um, your cloak, and your, your other ring and hack stored within your very blood and bone itself. Anything I'm missing from that? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Beautiful. As you are all carving your way through, you two from your vantage point right now can't even really see um, Urfeo. But what you can see, you can't see the carriage. 
what you can see is sort of like the throng of people that part and then close up and sort of follow a bit. Sort of like the very a one-man parades sort of thing, mm -hmm. right? So when a parade goes by, it's not uncommon for folks to sort of <coughs> flush into the um, streets and follow for a bit. These are not people throwing florals and beads at, at, at you. These are these are people who give you nods or give you eye rolls or whatever else, but some are very um, ha happy, like this is exciting for them and they didn't get to go to the actual Coliseum match itself. So for them, it's like, I wonder, I, I wonder who won? Who is it, who is it, who is it? Because you have better bet that even the people that only have two co copper to, 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 to their name are betting one on who's going to come out of that that place. Mm -hmm. Word spreads from, from inside to out and it goes and you see people like, who is that? I don't know who the f f fuck it is. Give me your copper! No, give me your copper! <laughs> like, That's not a half-work, you idiot! It's like, ah! <laughs> um, so there's plenty of action and activity happening as you two are following at a distance of 300 or so feet. I'll pause here and say, I'll just go around the table briefly here and say, I'm going to you, Earth. What is sort of going through your head as you're being carted along through these these streets? The brightness of this district, mat magically induced mirrors and sun. It is it is only like three p.m. normal time, so true sunlight is making its making its way here through through, through, the, through the reflective nature and and big statues of but polished shields sort of like like reflect the light. You are currently a champion to these. People, dwarves, humans, um, halflings, gnomes, the such. What's going through your head in this moment in time as you know where you're headed to and what you're here to do? Well, say what you will, either Earth's a fantastic actor and he thinks I'll play the part of simple Hemner Smilk Gut and get caught up in the pageantry, or he's actually just caught up in the pageantry, but Earth will be standing at the edge with his weapon held high and ah. getting the crowd as he enjoys the accolades. And uh, mm -hmm. the truth will never be known. Now that's a very <clears throat> interesting point because I definitely think that a lot of how the crowd reacts is up to how the the parade acts. So if you're going, ha, then I think more people are going, ugh, but more people are going, yeah! To the people that roll their eyes. What's your name? <laughs> I throw my axe at them and then invisibly pull it back and they don't need to know how. What? <laughs> 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 I just have a lazy eye. Um, okay, lovely. Um, what are you two? Or you? I'll go to you first. Mm -hmm. As you two are are walk, walking, let me know if you're discussing anything. If you're if you're saying anything, you can be heard by the guards around you. Certainly. So keep that in mind. But what are are you guys talking? And if not, to tell me individually what is going through your heads, where your emotional states are, and whatnot. This juncture. Mm hmm. Um. Well, gee, at least internal monologue would be. I mean, I, I do think that though I didn't say it last time, I do think Norman would have been thinking a lot about the, the whole tusk breaker incident and been like, dang. <laughs> Uh, and wanting to have like been able to jump in and help with that, but not being able to. Um, so that's like kind of in the bubbling in the back of the mind. And then I think it's then you know apprehensive about a being led by guards anywhere, and then what the whole you know 
how this would all play out because you know Norwin being a paranoid person himself is thinking through all the different things like okay if I were this paranoid if I was like triple my paranoia what would I be doing essentially as you know from the opposite position and so I think he's kind of thinking through those kind of steps and, and what have you sure I think I think Andy, if you know Norwin enough, and you're right right next to him. Mm-hmm. I think you can probably just feel almost the heat come from him as his brain. Uh, with that in mind, what is what is going through your mind? What is your state right now? This is really your at this this point. Earth has done his part. This is this is becoming your mission here more than anything else. Yeah, Annie would be creating contingency plans upon contingency plans. Like, well, if we have to leave Earth behind, how long until we can come get him? Where would we hide in the city? Can he even break out by himself? Does he know any spells how to do that? <laughs> It's fine. We'll figure it out, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, who can we go get to bring back to help? Um, so a bunch of contingency plans on that. And then also I think there's a small voice in her head like, you have read scripts before. You're not going to mess up. You know his name. Just get past that part. It's fine. Okay. And then feeling your anxiety, I would probably say out loud, stop fidgeting, brother. And don't ruin this for us. Yeah. Keep it just hard. <laughs> oh, that's all it took. Stop being anxious. Why am I anxious? Just calm down. Yeah, just like, calm down. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> lovely. 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 Focus on how grateful you should be. It was easy to get your foot in the door. Yep. I'm still trying to keep up the little bit of a drunken swagger. Nurse that vodka. Nurse that vodka. <laughs> Why do you think I bet so much on you? <laughs> Raphael, you would see this first as you're giving this. You see, um, as opposed to being led toward a giant domicile, a palace, a, a palatial castle, a thing, you sort of see what looks like two um, like, like iron pillars that come up and have shapes and statues amongst them coming, like like some sort of monument with a big like gap in between and the street goes on beyond that also but not that far and at first you think oh this is just some sort of like like um arc de triomphe in paris sort of thing some like beautiful some beautiful dwarven architecture here but you do see that there are massive chains. I alluded to this at the very end of last mm-hmm. session, that there is a lift that you'll be taking down. But we haven't quite gotten there. That was just a graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see these chains going to all four sides, and you do see a number of guards and whatnot up there. You're still 100 feet from, from that, too. That's not what catches your, your, your eye. That's what catches your eye at a distance. What catches your eye and leads your yak creatures to essentially come to a halt is the din of people around. The people who are playing sitars, who are stomping their feet, who are clapping their hands, who are beginning to even come into song and blocking roadway at this moment in time. Two four, six, twelve, standing there watching, and then, well, I'll just um, start, I suppose. Begin to hear. 
And you two can hear this in the distance too. You don't stop, because why would you, you stop? You're far enough at the back. You're progressively making your way toward, toward 200 feet, 100, 150 feet, as you start coming out, doing the And what guard says in front of you, and you, you hear, like, hey, splash mobs. As coming from the crowd is a blonde, slick back, bearded figure, one hand, doing the best you've ever seen right now. Did I say 12? 24. 48. 200 people are suddenly breaking out. Kegs are, spl- are split open, and beer is tossed. Or not beer, mead. People start singing, dancing. The guards are all like, get out of the way, get out of the way. Their voices are, get out of the way. As much as they yell, the music, the women, the dwarves singing, drown out, move, move, move. And again, you guys hear, I hate splash mobs. As you continue your way forward, only 100 feet from the carriage right now, and you see Mem Norley. <laughs> Making his way around, and the guards are sort of fidgeting. Like if people get too close, they they like you know have their spears and shoes, kind of like you know shove away sort of thing. Did I say two hundred? Four hundred people now are filling the space, weaving in and out, not in a coordinated way at all. This is the worst flash mob. Ever. It's a flash splash mob. Sorry, in yeah. name only. This is terrible. This is drunken debauchery. People cheering for the champion. Woo! Dancing, an impromptu party here. As you see, or I'm sorry, you see, Mem Norley. <laughs> what do you do as you see this? Uh, I wave. <laughs> he throws something up to you at the exact mo- moment that a firework goes off, and the guards. All the guards all go, and he's meeting your eye. As you can wave at him, he throws something over to you. Okay. In your badge, uh, you just like see it, and he goes. <laughs> and as he is going away from, away from, from you, he does this as it points to you, and he does this. And he says, <laughs> and he continues his way, marching on toward you guys. Yep. As people are, where did they get a magic, a magic mouse speaker from? What is going on here? As he, the people coming to and fro, the guards get closer to to you. You see him normally meet your eye, and he. And he's, he's, of course, wearing a ridiculous big fur, you know, black hat, of course, with horns right here. Mm-hmm. And he does, as he huts past you, the guards won't let him get closer. He gets a little, knowing that you are a performer yourself, after all, you did so just at the entire night. I would say, well, there's a whole lot I'm going to dance. No. Give me 30 seconds. Give me a persuasion check. The same thing that you or you want to do during this distraction, this is the gift that the man normally has given you, so think of the thing you want to, to do. 
one guard is like, I said no, and the, the, the other says, It's fine! And he started dancing too to this thing. He's kind of like, what, what? Annie, what do you do? I will spin up to Master and act like I'm going to take his hand and spin. Here's your hand. I mean, huh, 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 you fully, and I think you do a, you know what, give me a, give me a performance check right now. A little bit worse. Performance, I'll be 34. You, first time ever do a dwarven dance right here, and he's looking at you like, and he slips a cheeky hand down your pants, gives your ass a squeeze, and leaves a metal plate behind as the guards then basically shoo every motherfucker away as the song is done, they've had enough, and then mm-hmm. everybody dissipates. <laughs> Splash mobs come. Splash mobs go. Mm-hmm. 400 people Damn. dissipate through. And you guys are left? <laughs> Whatever you might be thinking right now, I imagine there's at least a part, part of my mind that's going, what the fuck? Yeah. But you have a badge that as you see it in, 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 in your hand, it's about yay big here, and it has a ruby in the center shaped like a heart. Mm-hmm. It has a symbol akin to some of the gold backs that they have on them as bat, like um, emblazoned on their chests and what. Not all, but some. Some is the key. <laughs> Earth trusts anybody in this universe. It's Man Norley, so he'll uh, do as he's told. I'm going to try to do that dance. And when he... And his third one will fall down. Oh! <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Josh, is this your fet- fetish? No, no. That was the arch lector's torture. Uh, yep. Just give me <coughs> one blood b- budging damage for the, for, for the sake of it. Uh-huh. And in your... Um, I think you feel it there. And ma'am puts away, spinning you away as a guard that wasn't so keen on you. Dan- dancing is coming toward you and ma'am not wanting to be in the cause of anything. It's skedals away. You have a brief moment where, where your eyes connect and you could possibly say a few words without, without any, anybody hearing as the music is reaching its mm-hmm. crescendo there. Do you say anything? Do you do anything? I say or? thank you. You'll be hearing from me. Mm-hmm. As he... And then he just runs away as the guards are getting pretty peeled that this has distracted from the whole thing. Again, some flash mobs you enjoy, even though they're always intrusive, you go, I mean, at least they they coordinated. This was not a coordinated flash mob. Mm -hmm. But this is a traditional dwarvish dance. You know, the whole thing is traditional dwarvish dance. So it got messy. Fight here, fight there, they just dissipate. Thoroughfare here is caked in. Beer and whatnot. The both of the the, the giant yappies there, like, <laughs> drinking drinking the beer. They're like, move, move, move. Um, and I think you, you know, I'll say this because it's not really important here, but I think the, the ale, Jesus, friendly, the ale was um spiked with something that makes yaks very happy. <laughs> Probably sugar because they're they're like the guards are like move. And they're like, nah. They don't really like, stay there. They're going to town on it. So eventually, they get them to move mm-hmm. as well. Um, you've put the badge where it has to 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 go. In nature's um, pocket. You have it there. Clenched in my butt cheeks. Clenched in your butt cheeks as well. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you are grabbed and pulled back back in line. No more. 
and mm -hmm. on the way you um, continue, again, tricky things here because there's no telekinesis or there's no te telepathy ha happening, mm -hmm. and there are guards around you, but mm -hmm. you are Annie and you can speak the way you want. So, is there anything that you two say to each other before we enter the, the, the lift proper? Thank you for your patience, brother. Well, a dance is a dance, of course. Every once in a while, I need to get loose, too. I get it. I get it. The yaks finally continue on, heralded forth by literally carrots on sticks. <laughs> like, the sticks are hanging up. Like, come on, you idiot, come on. Like, <laughs> the big yak tongues come out as they both come. They're like, it's usually not, not like this, this says to you. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, if we lead toward onto this grand <laughs> lift here, this immaculate black iron, four pillars there, chains, winches, whatnot. Big black, like square of, of, of iron here, and you step upon it on your carriage. What do we need to walk? Why can't we just stay? They back in you to come off. <laughs> you take the stairs, you just hop down. <laughs> um, the yak and carriage part can just continue onwards, and you and the guards, um, the lift, just you and the guards, not you guys yet, because mm -hmm. you're already too close for cover comfort. <clears throat> and the great lift begins its descent. Now, with all the fun of playing Raspberry Beauty here, mm -hmm. which I did not anticipate, but I realized, ma'am, had a job. <laughs> I had a job. I had a job. You don't understand it. Are descending down. Darkness, comparative darkness, overcomes this this place. Your dark vision allows you to see, and there are magical torches, continual flames on, on, on the walls as well, built into recesses there, so there's always some brightness that comes down. This shaft is carved with murals and mosaics and all sorts of things. Dwarven warriors, kings, artistic renditions. What? Who even knows? You think you pick up some renditions of the sovereign host, some great you know, you know, warriors of what in the past. You see alcoves with statues in, in them. Figures um, of stone and steel with axes and swords. Hundreds of them as you descend. Down. This is a fun ride to work. You take this often? Nah. Not that often. Only when we need... Not many get to say they meet the king. Congratulations to Marish. You've earned it. How's the to be seen? I'll be direct on what I'm going to ask you for, so you can use whatever tricks you wish. I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. I don't think I have any tricks right now, so... Uh, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Uh, give me a perception check, check also in this moment in time. Uh, nine. Nine. Excuse me. Okay. You sort of feel a prickling on your spine, and you turn your, your head to, to look, and you don't see anything. There's two, there's four guards around you. You look, and you don't see anything. I don't think you fully know if anything did happen, but it was enough of a distraction that it, you like kind of shake your head, and whatever little whisperings were happening in, in, in there um, don't seem to take effect. Two hundred feet or so down you go before. And then you have a long walk before you. Now you are in a cavern under a cavern. And you see the chains, the winches, you hear the as you look around and the bats. Heat of this place, tremendous. Ah, the Emberheart, the dire stone mines themselves. The dire stone mines upon which all of Hildheim, all of Scarlet, it could, it could be said, were built upon. You see in the distance dwarves, halfling, gnomish figures plying at, at the rock, <laughs> carving away. You see rivulets of Baba, yes, Baba. You're not that deep, and lava's not a common thing to see on this <laughs> plane of existence. Volcanoes, I don't think you've ever even I've seen. I've seen far too much of it. Yeah, lately you've seen <laughs> a lot of it, but this is, you've seen like little rivulets of lava and whatnot. What you see before you must be a palace. As you see this palatial edifice of stone and s- steel built into the cavern itself and a walkway across it. The walkway being itself 30, 40 feet above the igneous rock, black and pockmarked throughout this place. There's not an iota of shimmering silver, gold, or mithril here, for that has all been long, long mined for centuries, if not more than that. But I think the dwarf in you, especially after, after Dorne's visions, senses that this is, of course, a mine that at one point in time was crucial to giant kin. And this palace you see before you, well, as you stepping toward it, you see the proportions of it. You see the, con- the construction of it. You see that many things have been changed to have dwarven fit faces and axes and shields of up upon it. But you imagine at one point in time it looked quite different. Itself. As you pass within, though, a, um, for as dark and austere as the outside seems to be, as you step within, you do see a very fine palace here. Candles gold. This is a sort of dwarven of, of dwarven architecture that legends speak of. As you step within and you have to choose one of these sides here, you see all of this gold, all the riches that could be peeled from the walls of this, this palace alone. The statues, the flags, 
The faces of kings of old or great warriors through as you step your way through uh, uh, and across from here down this way through the hallways of this place seeing gold everywhere the wealth that makes up this place how long has much of it existed here hard to know hard to say I'll just pause here anything you wish to, 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 to do or say or are you just until you meet the king yeah I mean I, I assume so yeah. for sure <clears throat> Climb these stairs, straight shot, past the can candles, to the point where the general din of those in the distance, hammering with their picks and whatnot, perhaps miles through, depending on the echoing of, of this place, begins to be very quiet. And instead, you enter a place where the smell and the sound is something that you are all too temporarily familiar with for the exact reason that you said yourself moments ago. The smell of heat. The smell of stone. The smell of that caustic, sulfuric nature to it. As you enter into the throne room I think immediately, uh, well, as you're stepping through this, this this place in general, and especially especially once you um, once you enter into the throne throne room, I think the general architecture uh, becomes evident to you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This does not look unlike the crossways and the pathways of the original forge itself. Mm-hmm. Or as you come across, flanked by these guards, two of them stay close. Two of them do not do not enter this hallowed hall. And I should say that they had to wait for the big iron gold doors to <laughs> open first, allowing two guards and you within. Yeah, other guards staying up. The two guards that enter, I will, I will be be clear, are two that have the same emblem that you were tossed and have up your asshole right now. Mm-hmm. They are both bearing them as well. As you bottle in, knees clenched, you step forth. The other two giving you some grace here. As you see, there is nothing spanning here, but there are. Five figures seated already at this time. Lava bubbling, the heat. If not for the fact that you had been very hot and almost become accustomed to it in there, it might even be that sort of heat that makes you like, yeah, like like you can't get your breath, which is quite the flex, right? Anyone who wants to see the king has to be uncomfortable doing so. Give me a give, give me a quick. Um, I'll, I'll make this an investigation or a perception check. Your choice, depending on what you're doing here. 
Um, eleven, and I'm looking around. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you sort of see this crystals here, mm-hmm. and I think you see that there's actually ice, like continuously being formed and melting, evaporating, form melting, evaporating. They are comfortable here. They have a form of AC mm-hmm. in this place, as you simply do not. All, I love this map because all of these um, things here are very much what lava would do. It would just emit constant like fumes and like particles that like oh, that singe your skin. If you were a lesser person, this might be enough for your lungs to to be to be, begin begin to collapse. Um, but they are comfortable. I will point out that the guards behind you uh, seem as uncomfortable as you are. They're 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 hardy folk. These are not weak guard. They are backs them themselves um so but they're not ac them themselves now urfa what do you see before you is the question drum fiddle schlock i'm kidding um <laughs> the bartender mm, knew it here you see uh, actually let me rephrase um there is a herald here, somebody with a horn, or uh, not a horn, a you know cone to burr, 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 mm-hmm. shout stuff so you can hear. It says, "Entering here, champion of the tournament, Kendra Smeltgut." Do you do do you do anything when he announces you? Uh, no, Hemner will not speak until he is told to. <laughs> Champion Hemner Smeltgut, you have the honor, the unique privilege of meeting here with the five clan lords. And he gestures, says, High Marshal Talonel Starkhold of the Blackened Shores. And you see an older human sitting here wearing armor. Greaves, um, bracers, and whatnot. Though his legs and his arms here are exposed. One of those like short. Um, I use the word skirt, but not like a skirt, like like a battle, you know, sort of armor. But his his legs and his his, his arms are are, ex- are exposed. His white hair is slicked back. But you see, the weirdest thing about him is his not only his face, but also his arms and his legs have a grayish, a very gray pallor to. Even from your distance, you can see he's human, um, but his flesh is <coughs> gray. You're not sure what manner of nonsense this is, but it is what it is. Then, mine lord Galgren Firstblood of the Barracland Crux. Next to him, golden chair, you see a dwarven figure. Fine clothing, not armor here, fine clothing. Um, seems to be a, a fairly young dwarf compared to the long white hair you might you might expect. A, a younger dwarf. Shorter hair. Shorter sh- shorter beard, in fact. Um, with, like, scrolls upon his back and, and whatnot. Um, you know that the Mind Lord um, refer, is, like, the richest person in the entire king- kingdom. He's in charge of all of the mines throughout. Oh, um, 
Mind Lord. Mind Lord, yes. I've been thinking Mind Lord the mm. entire time. Mm. No. High Marcher Talmel mm. Starkhold of the Blackened Shores. Mind Lord Galgren Firstblood of Barrett Len Crux. So a youngish dwarf. Uh, you can imagine perhaps the, the son of the, the, the previous Mind Lord, something like that. Like Many of these things are passed down from familial lines. Very Daddy, I want a job. <laughs> Give me yours. Yeah, <laughs> Kill the one who's in charge, and then you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, skipping the king himself, of course. Next one, Doyen. And just so you know, Doyen is like uh, it's not a great like um, English translation, but it's like it's like it's like expert sort of thing. It's like professional doctor. Yes, Doyen Miriam Saraka of the Analoid Circle. And you see a dwarven woman here, a bit of a paunch, voluptuous breasts, uh, um, hair long, wearing like a cape sort of thing, and a um, a very golden sort of of of, of, of axe um, at her side. Though less of an axe, more of like a big cleaver, perhaps, um, just hanging at her side. She is drinking deep from a, a horn right now. Not even not even looking at this moment in time. Uh, as she hears her n- name, she finishes it. That's a little one of those. Lord Nathan Farland of the Golden Fields. You see a human here. Um, it kind of reminds you of um, um, Maristan a, a bit. Um, shorter, nicely trimmed hair, coiffed hair on top, wearing a coat um, over his shoulders, um, kind of like, <laughs> just a human, just a, a guy here, I'm wearing finery, I've heard he but again, <laughs> of the golden fields would imply um, in charge of like the wheat and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. gold, golden fields referring mm-hmm. to wheat, that's just one example, yeah. but like food production here, so you have the high marshal, um, the mine lord, um, Lord Nathan Farland of the Golden Fields and Doyen Miriam Salraka of the Analoid Circle and King Motsamir. Not of anything. Surely not saying Emberheart because that is implied. And King Motsamir. I do have a pic- picture of the good king and I'm finally able to show you guys after, after having this picture for seven years now and never having an opportunity <laughs> to actually show it. Um... Do you guys recognize any of those names? Uh, Lord Farland, we had something mentioned to us when we were doing some casual espionage. Okay. Do you remember what it was? No. But I wrote down (laughs) his name. So there is something. Uh, Miriam Salakra is a dwarf? Miriam Salakra is a dwarf, yes. With a big bosom. Yes. Voluptuous. Don't worry, I've noted that part. I just missed her race. (laughs) This is the King Motsunir himself. As King Motsunir, you see exactly as you see here. Sitting in his form, it's hard to know what is hunched, <laughs> what is not. Right? You get the sense that when someone wears a cloak and 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 and, 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 and armor like this, how much of it is because he's sitting 
da da down, and it's kind of like crimped up sort of thing. Rested on something. You, you get a feeling that's not the case for him. You get a feeling that if he stood to his full height, it would be exactly this. And what a fantastic way to defend your, your, yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the beard here. You see the cloak. You see the dwarvish runes etched all throughout his outfit. You see a man, not only wealth, but of some degree of power here. Of course, he's paranoid. He would have plenty of protections amongst him. And you see a red eye with a scar coming through it, peering at you. In addition to the people I've mentioned so far in in here, I would be remiss if I did not mention up here are um, various other figures that you would recognize from the tournament and you would also recognize from the summit. Summit, yes. You do see um, captain of the Wyvern Riders, Burgeon Backbreaker. You also see um, Longbeard. Uh, Roldal. Uh, uh, y- yes, 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 you are correct. Uh, you see Drudge Longbeard. Captain of Gold Backs. You see Helgen Scribe Sorrow as well. And you see Ambassador Gremgus Flatblade, who you know is Prince yes. King's son. You would never use the word Prince here. He make good music, not good rule. <laughs> so. Uh, these are the people here. The five clan lords, including the Unking, Ambassador <coughs> Blackblade, Virgin Backbreaker, Captain of the Wyvern Riders, Hyalgen Scribe Sorrow, Runesmith of Scald of, of the, the King, uh, Drudge Longbeard, uh, a captain. Not the top rank, ranking guy, he's probably doing some right now, but a captain of the gold back. Certainly, you would recognize three of those, uh, actually, all four of those figures from being in the tournament itself. In addition to that, you have five other. Um, uh, gold backs around here. I hear also just in defensive positions, and you have these two big ram-like statues here that are seemingly like looking upon you, watching. Um, they don't seem to move, but I think they have that sort of eerie sense of like a port- portrait whose eyes me? follow you, even mm-hmm. though there are no irises here. So how does it even make sense? Mm-hmm. But they just give you that sort of a prickly feeling here. I think, Urfael, you are not you are not unaccustomed to being alone in your in your life. But it has been a while, perhaps, since you have been the lone person in a room of seven gold backs, uh, a king, four other very high high ups, ambassadors, wizards, captains, and whatnot. Here, you are one man in a room of the thirteen or so. There's also these two cool. Dwarven with horn statue. Look at the things here. So get that man! Big hammers. Big hammers. Um, uh, And I guess there's also the guy going, uh, don't worry about him so much. Um, Hemner Smelkut, step forward to the edge of your precipice. Walk forward without hesitation or fear. 
the, the herald will drop and turn toward the king and bow as deeply as he can, waiting for the, the king to speak. I will also drop to a knee if I'm up there, like mm-hmm. where as far as I can go. Yeah, like addressing the king. Kind of. The heat from here is so much more, even as you drop to a knee, your hair begins to begins to curl ever so slightly, just from the heat and the dryness here. Voice, you hear. Lisbon, champion did not drop to a knee before me. And there clearly is some sort, you actually can hear the voice coming from these two Molly. They're not, they're not opening anything, but mm-hmm. there's clearly an enchantment here that when he speaks, the sound is, is emanating from here loud enough that it overcomes the burbling of the lot, which is an, an, an omnipresent sense here. I think you're very well, there's a, you're very cognizant of the fact that there's two guys behind you that could theoretically shove you in right, right now. Mm-hmm. Again, the voice. Stand. I will. You have proven yourself, champion. The, the king is speaking. That's not clear here. You may ask of me a boon. Or any of us of the five clan world. What boon do you ask of me? I ask, King, that you and the other clan lords meet with my sponsors who have joined me in this tournament. So that may it not only benefit the kingdom, but also help rebuild the Smeltgut name. And that I may serve you honorably, Hemner Smeltgut, for the rest of my days. You wish for me to meet with sponsor? You wish for me to honor the Smeltgut name and forge? You ask for me to give you the honor of bending the knee to me as whenever I speak. You sound like three boon to me, but I hear you are very impressive, kind of. He's got one that always hangs down. You kind of smile. You see some golden, maybe even platinum teeth in there as well. But perhaps I give. We'll start with one and see where to go from there. Your sponsors, they're on their way down the great lift now. But before they enter, I wish to hear. How you know these sponsors from another realm? How you know these travelers from <coughs> the wood of the Fey? How do you know these drunkards and fools that gamble and make gold? Da, my king, I'd be lying if I didn't say. I was hoping this situation would make me more memorable than any other champion that you forget the second they leave this room. But I met them just by a simple fortune. The luck. The fools needed help, and I helped them. 
invest in you strongly for our meager help. I did call them fools, my king. Uh, the question then is, what is a life worth? They must think of themselves highly for the amount of gold they risk. But they did so, feeling no risk at all. They are young and ambitious, my king. Sometimes those are easily fooled traits when not hardened by wisdom. The High Marshal Talma Starkhold speaks and says, With what confidence did you come in your strength to fight in the Turnier? I've never been told I'm something special in my life. So I did not think much of it, but dwarves have hard heads. Mine's harder than most. I am High Marshal of all of Starkle, my God. His <laughs> <laughs> last name is Starkle, and I was like, Starkland! <laughs> all of Scarlet. Would you serve under me for many a year to come in a position of honor, swinging your axe where I and the king deem worthy? Without hesitation, your might on display for all. You may have wide boots to fill, Henry Smeltgut, after what I hear you've done to Von Dalen Tuskbreaker. I am not unhappy about the situation, assuming you can be a worthy replacement for her in not only strength, but task. And what task is that exactly? Yet to be decided. Um, my lord, Galgum First Blood, uh, doesn't say anything more. He just is sort of stroking something on his lap. A rectangular prism uh, with like a dwarvish um, face on the very end. And you know this, these are these other dire stone mines after all. You guys have had several dire stone magical items before you have sold to Ruby Rock Splitter. The dire stone wand that you have for a time, he seems to have one at his, his lap right now, just looking upon you, interested, but also kind of bored. Um, Lord Nathan Farland says, and what sort of interest do your patrons have to, to meet with us? What is their purpose of meeting here? They hope to have more avenues for their coin to grow. And they see Scarland as a rich, untapped resource. Uh, Lord Farland says something a little bit maybe a little bit shocking to hear her in with the current company, but he says, 
not many right now would consider Scarland as such a rich, untapped resource. Perhaps they're wiser than others who pass through. Doyen Miriam Salbaka coughs another big gulp from her giant drinking horn. <sighs> Alright, let's get, it, get, on, get on with it. She's got some fucking patrons. Let's, let's hear what they have to say. Business is as business does. And at the word of the business, um, the mind... Mind Lord Galgard, for first blood, has sort of going, going from board to like, oh, business, you know. And he kind of like uh, just tucks away his, his wand and leans forward a bit on his, his arm. Um, Motsinir says, holds up a finger, they all stop, even fidgeting. Is there anything more you wish to say behind closed door? before your patrons enter this place. Chemner, Smelthgoth. Earth will fight an urge and a whisper in the back of his mind, giving him all sorts of ideas of what should be said and done in this moment. But he will just take a deep breath and in his most basic soft-spoken, smelt-gut voice, say, No. So be it. Let them in. You two, meanwhile, I don't have to re-describe all of the lift and the statues and the mm -hmm. candelabra and whatnot, nor do I have to re-pull up the, um... Picture anything, I should close the picture because it is, uh... I said not to pull it up! <laughs> there it is, anyway. We're trying to close it. Yeah, there it is, anyways. You walk across that, I mean, little, little drool follows you, I think, perhaps. Just joking. I'm licking every wall. It's mine now. It's mine. It's mine. That's how, that's how all this shit works. Smash. As you two have been held, um, <clears throat> just outside these grand doors here, your own guards um, behind you. I'm going to say, Annie, you don't know what the badge even looks like, so I'm not going to describe to you if the guards around you are wearing them, because you wouldn't know what to look for. But they all are wearing very similar golden armor and such. As he says, let them in. The herald has a little... <laughs> let, let them in. <laughs> um, and two guards... Up. There's obviously guards outside here as well. They grab the handles. Big chains hanging from these handles that are too high for a dwarf or even a human to easily reach. They grab chains that allow them leverage to pull. In the intervening minutes, it's been. Anything you guys have done, said, prepared before we're at this moment right here where doors are about to, to open. I probably would have reached into the fanny pack to get the missive, just to tuck it in my pocket. Okay. 
anything for me that I can think of. Um, it's mighty hot. Maybe you want your watering stick. <laughs> Maybe. Hang on. Let me just pull out an artifact right before I see the king. Why is it singing? <laughs> um. Okay. You just zip. they're watching you very very closely as you just like pull out paper parchment, and they just give you a look and don't don't do anything else. Just watching you carefully as you. As far as they're concerned, that wasn't even a magical thing. You just put you just put it put it in your fingers to thought parchment and or missive or whatever and it comes up. I'll be holding the wax towards me so they don't see it, but I'll seeing them look, I'll tap it on my head and say, Wrote down my plans. So I don't forget anything. And with that that mm-hmm. you two enter in and step. You see Raphael standing before this lava. The heat of this this place hits you. And again, if not for the used to it all already. You, however, not being within within a dome mm-hmm. and not having your staff on you, this is quite hot. You, however, don't feel it at all. In fact, it feels like home to you. Mm-hmm. Feels like mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> um, So a little bit different vibes here mm-hmm. as you step in. And I think immediately, everything I described to, to Leo, I'm not going to do time, but all of it reapplies here. These How far big... down is the lava then? Uh, let's say the lava is only probably 20, 20 feet. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's some degree of... Um, Let's let's use this. Let's say 5, 10, 15. Uh, so, so 30 feet down. Okay. So mm-hmm. 30 feet down from where you are now is Skabloosh, where that would be. be. Um, these stairs are all 10 feet as well as, 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 you, as you go up. Um, uh, no, probably not. Probably like 5 feet up, 5 feet up, 5 feet up. So as you, the higher you get, the further you are from the lava also. Plus you see like the ice kind of cooling down and whatnot. So you see the two guards here and here. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the guards enter in with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually for you, Leah, means, means that there were only... Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. None enter with, with, with you guys. You are left to go go through completely on your, on your own mm-hmm. as you step through. Two guards come down here to look upon as you see all the things and people and whatnot, and the, the Herald does the same thing again. We'll go through, describe, you know, who each is. High Marshal Talna Starkhold of the Blackened Shores, Doyen Miriam Salraka of the Unalloyed Circle, my Lord Galgon Firstblood of the Bedrickland Crux, Lord Nathan Farland of the Golden Fields, and of course you see Captain of the Goldbacks, Helgens, Describe, Sorrow Virgin, Backbreaker, and Ambassador Gremgus Flatblade, and of course King Motzenir himself. As you two enter, uh, where do you go, Urfael? Where do you go? How you guys um, mingle yourselves, and what do you do? Yes, I would back up a bit, unless commanded, like not to move, so that we're maybe even with the guards, but you two are in front of me in mm. reverse triangle. That makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you, you, unless you want to be elsewhere. Like. No. Okay. In fact, I would leave you a bit in my dust. And come straight up. You come straight up, up to the very edge of the magma, and you look like a fair-skinned, like like, like like lass at this moment in time, and you seem, because you are, unbothered. 
by this mm-hmm. heat. I would curtsy deeply and stay there. The king will wait a full ten seconds as you hold that curtsy. Stand. These two move to here. Mm-hmm. And here. Fairin Etherson. Yeah? Yes. Thank you so much for meeting with us, Your Majesty and the Lords. Everyone seems to be waiting for the king to speak, but he's simply looking at you. Chewing on his lip a bit here. Now, um, you guys want to study did anything else here? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Architecture, blah, blah, blah. Beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Speak. I have it written down if you don't mind. And I will pull out the parchment. And then I will open it. <laughs> and then I will drop my disguise. Oof. You drop your disguise and begin to speak in a different voice. Thaumaturgy, yes. <clears throat> Your Most Honorable Majesty, King Motsinir of Scarland. I extend my deepest respects to you and the resilient people who dwell in the majestic halls of your esteemed realm. In the shadows of our shared lands, a looming threat, dark and insidious, threatens to cast its malevolent influence upon all that we hold dear. It is with a heavy heart that I, as the sovereign ruler of Saramanea, beseech your wisdom and strength to join hands with us and other neighboring realms in a coalition against this ominous adversary. The perils we face are formidable and extend beyond the boundaries of our individual realms. It is a menace that seeks to engulf us all, sparing none in its relentless pursuit of dominion. I am acutely aware of the autonomy and independence that your kingdom values, yet in this dire hour, I implore you to consider the broader ramifications that this common threat poses to the very fabric of our realms. Your warriors, blessed by stone blood or not, are renowned for the indomitable spirit and unparalleled craftsmanship of the Dorvan people and stand as a beacon of hope in these troubled times. Their stalwart presence in our coalition would undoubtedly bolster our collective strength, creating a formidable alliance capable of withstanding the encroaching darkness. I must not shy away from acknowledging the risks that your realm faces should we fail to stand united. The tendrils of this malevolence, if left unchecked, could reach even the hollowed halls of your kingdom, bringing turmoil and suffering to your people. It is in recognizing this shared vulnerability that I humbly beseech you to consider the greater good and the preservation of all that we hold dear. May our alliance serve as a bulwark against the impending storm, a testament to the strength that lies in unity. I eagerly anticipate your thoughtful consideration, and should you choose to stand with us, the shared triumph that awaits our realms. Yours in sincerity and solidarity, Queen Elspeth, Vladimir, second of her name, the sovereign realm of Saramanea. Voldemort, but that was Baltimore. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Voldemort. 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 
Shishu must not be named. Yeah. <clears throat> and suck it back in. You all could give me an insight check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine. I forget. I'm proficient, but it went up one, so seven, so twenty-five. Whoa. Damn. Twenty-one. Um. I think you all would see it, but I think I think um, right now, simply, Norwins, your attention is elsewhere. I think you're very watching this place, looking for threats and mm-hmm. whatnot. You two, however, are staring at the king. And similar to the king, you can't look at him and not see the, the, the others all in this space. This is a power play. This was the whole plan. When the, their tournament come here, show your, yourself. You are known to all the realms at this point as voice of the queen. There are laws saying you can't be hurt as long as you're here on official business and, and whatnot. So this was meant to be a power play. But I think you would expect the moment you showed yourself for there to be a bit, bit of and hollow blue and deception, trickery, whatnot. What you two see as you look upon them is a lack of that, a lack of surprise. As the king says, softly enough, it's not meant for you three, but it still comes through here in the silence that there is a moment in time. You hear him say, again, not for your your brother, just a natural thing of what hair he's wearing on his neck it's coming from here but you hear him say mostly to those around him do you see I told you they consider me paranoid some of you even here before me but look I told you who they were question my means, my intuition. But if it isn't the voice of the crown of Sir Menea, and the others nod at their heads. Well met, lady voice. Well met, your majesty. What do you think give you the right to step into these halls uninvited, in disguise, and speak to me as such? The millions of lives that depend on it. The lives that you are ignoring. That's what gives me the right. No. That give you something not worth much, which is moral high ground. Deceptive, lying, threatening me and those of us here. For what happened now if we do not take up your queen's offer? You've come to slay us, have you not? And the others, already him, first prediction having been proven correct, leads the others to be like on the defensive right now. I will hold up my hands in thaumaturgy. Quiet, as you can see, we are not armed. 
That is not our intention. I should have mentioned they did they did take your axe, but only your axe inside. Not to mention that. They weren't worried about your other shit. We are not here to harm anyone. That would not make good allyship. You've already proven yourself a liar once. My understanding is it is your fault the travesty that happened, the summit of Serenea nine months prior almost now. If not for my good judgment there as well, keeping our folk away, my son, my advisors, would have fallen prey as well. In my judgment, that keeps this realm safe for centuries and for more to come. Do you see? He looks at those who's left. He's right. Do you see? With all due respect, it only looks. Silence! I will take up mantle of majesty. Okay. Describe how you look. I will imbue it also with my um, vestige of flames. And it will look like the lava itself is sucked up and whirling around me as my hair goes. And I just turn into a giant flame cyclone of a woman. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm. You do a little... <clears throat> not like a loud, like just a little... <laughs> your illusion having faded now through the sleeves of your dress, <clears throat> I think the uh, people can see the rubies all... <clears throat> through that as lava... <clears throat> <clears throat> And I will command the king. Quiet. What's the range on Mantle of Majesty? Oh, true. Uh, it's gonna might be, be way 60. more than yeah, it it's probably 60, 60 unfortunately. Yeah. This is uh actually this is more than 60 because yeah. it's a little bit off right now. So if it's 60, you can't do that unless you get closer, but I won't yet, but I will be holding it. Okay. Not mm-hmm. the command, but you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Do you still say the word quiet? I do, but not loud. I go, quiet. Give me just a straight... Actually, no, this is clearly intimidation. This is an intimidation check right here. Ooh, 13. 13? Mm. Not intimidating. You still are a bit by the flames and and whatnot, but your your command is not intimidating enough to compel them. If if anything, you've now taken on a threatening position (laughs) here. The high marshal grabs his sword, and the king holds up a finger. High marshal sits back down. If we intended to fight, it would be a foolish strategy to announce it to you. I mean, I'm going to, uh, Rachel, I should say. If you want to not be in Man- Mantle of Majesty, that's fine, since you could take on that, that fiery form without it anyways. Mantle of Majesty. It only lasts a minute. A minute. So then I, I would not okay. have taken Mantle of Majesty. I would have just done the flames. Mm-hmm. Sure. In case I need to fly over. As Urfa, as you mm-hmm. say that, mm-hmm. everyone is on bated breath here. Dodoyan Miriam, Miriam Selraka leans forward, drops her horn, the dregs of it just... Clatter down. She grabs her cleaver. <sighs> the high marshal's sitting hand on, on his. The mind, mind lord looks con- concerned. Nathan Farlon just is shaking his head. 
guards have all taken postures. Uh, right about here, I would say at this point in time, two are here, three are here, the others are still up, up, up here in front. As the king says, you command me. In the accords of our realms, many centuries ago, there are lines in script. No sovereign ruler or dignitary on official business shall have force applied to, to them greater than that of a single feather. Typical sort of like flowery nonsense, you know, like that's where sayings come from, right? He gives you a look. There's much we can do with the weight of a single feather. But you are not here on official business, lady voice. And I dare say there is plenty that your queen would give for your safe return. What deal did you cut with him? What did he offer you, our enemy? This city? Give me an insight check. All, all, all three of you can, if, if you wish. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that was... Oh yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, oh two better. Can't wait to be above 10, barely. 25 again. 12. Damn. 29. Damn. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Rowan, look forward eventually, man. <laughs> I have a plus five to this shit. Plus <laughs> five and 29. Brilliant. You two mm -hmm. see, before you saw the lack of suspicion, <laughs> like he knew. Somehow he knew. Right now, you see the thing that you expected before and didn't see. You see it now when you maybe don't expect it. His brow furrows. And at those hive checks, I'll just let you know, you see confusion to him. The others have similar looks, like they look at their king, like thinking the words like, what is she referring to? But King Mozart himself is like giving you a furrowed brow look. I have many ways of knowing what trickery and deceit is within my city. He honestly hasn't cut you a deal? He's offered us a deal. I know! Because I know what strings to pluck! And have you let your marshals, your people know? Do you know what threat they face? He's looking side to side. Listen not to her. Silver tongue. Do devil they know witch. it's complete annihilation? Back to the void, wiped off the face of this plane. Have you shared that information with your people? I do not know what you speak of, and frankly, I no longer wish to hear. Then if you don't know, you are very uninformed. So much for knowledge. I guess it only extends to your city. <laughs> Almost like a dark, 
purr coming from these statues here reverberating to you, you hear him say quietly, the only reason you are allowed into this room is for what is to come next. But I will show you the simplicity of how I knew. Door over here opens up and shoved through is the bloodied, beaten, battered form of your friend, Kalkovich. As he <clears throat> trusts up, looks <gasps> forward. I did not even need him to tell me with his tongue. But I let him keep it because I like to confirm information and punish liars. Kill him. Take a pause here. Time seems to slow. Heartbeats basic as you're seeing the progression of this roller coaster. And then the slowing of that beat as you have faced many dire threats in your, your years, your year. <laughs> Um, you two, with that insight, you don't think the king has cut a deal with your enemy. But I know what you're, you're, you're trying to pit his chumlies against him. I want you to give me a, pers a deception check. Is it really deception if it's true? Well, it's deception because you, because you know he did not cut. Threat, but you're trying to make them think that he, he did. Or that he is a fool and doesn't have anything. Yeah. Well, you can, I mean. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the way. Like, oh, you don't know? Everyone else knows. I'm fine with either. I'm just letting you know my intention. I think deception will be more useful to you. Okay. Because if they think that their king is, is, is colluding with some baddie, they might not be as happy with that. If they think he's just not telling them things, or they know what, what you're referring to, that's not really worth worth anything. So yeah. for your best interest, I think deception is the way to go. Sounds good. 20. 20, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for any of these to be a 15 or higher. None. Wow. So mm -hmm. your deception here is less about telling a bold-faced lie. It's more the underlying currents of seeding doubt amongst those closest to, to him. Either the king knows things that you don't, and those things might be threats. Not only, again, they know that there's a war. I think the deception here is leaning in, leaning into the he won't ally with us, but he's clearly allied with some other thing. That would be the avenue to pursue. Because if you pursue the he's not helping us because you're look, looking out for his own realm, they're like, yeah, dude, you know that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Part of your point is too, just so I understand, is that like the threat's worse than you think it is. Yeah, and it's one thing, not like they are going to take out like because that they can be an entire yep. army. Just oh, he he did it. That one, yeah. that one with all the power. They know nothing about him. Gotcha. Yes, mm. I see where you're going. Okay. 
and I completely understand that. In the short, you have mere mere seconds to adjust someone's feeling from this extreme to this. That's all we're doing. Right? Yep. You're not going to explain anybody to be like, kill the king. I just wanted to be on the same yep. argument yep. page of like, okay, where we go? Like, okay, I see but where you go. your ver version of he, they're like, who is he? Click. Right? Mm -hmm. like, is the king doing something? Click. It's enough to give pause in some way, shape, or form. So that's one. Two... Um, I think we have a moment here, in fact. Oh boy. You know, um, holding hands with the warm lava around us. We have a moment. All right, that was nice. Now moving on. No other moments needed. <laughs> you are just so special. Oh, you're so special. <laughs> you're actually not far. Oh. Annie, as you see the blade being drawn across the throat of your ally for a day. Mm -hmm. You're sitting on a terrace during your honeymoon in Haimat, eating dinner with Alcoris, your husband. He says, so this plan of yours to go, or, sorry, plan of the queen, the king, the whatever the fuck, to go to uh, Scarland, and he's referring to Umatuaklan as the king, cheekily here, to go to Scarland and try and convince them and be sneaky the whole way through, huh? Oh, you doubt me? I am well beyond doubting you, Annie. I don't even think it's a bad idea. The only thing that I'm concerned about is you like what are you going to do when the chips are down what are you going to do when you can't leave the place and you're standing in front of the paranoid crazed king and he has a dagger to someone's throat because i know what eklund would say let them get killed Eklan and Elspeth know that you, Urfael, Norman, are exceptionally strong. I know that firsthand more than once. I made it quite clear I'm okay wearing the dress as you wearing the pants in this relationship. Have I not? Hmm? I know you faced much more difficult things than a king in his I also know that Eklan will caution you. He wants you to go as a show of force. If he didn't want this to be a show of force, he wouldn't send you the way that you're going. But I also know my cousin. He would demure at the last second. He would not want to start a war. He wouldn't want to start, start a fight merely to end it. He would vacate the space as fast as possible. So all the strength that he showed, but he's back to back away. So, what are you, what are you going to do? What is it? <laughs> As you say what you're going to say, you move, you move over. Perfect. You are outside your guild hall. What remains of it at this time? At, at least. 
you are hearing the sound of, you've been hearing the sound of a simple iron spade dig into the ground rhythmically, rhythmically over and over again by both your hand and Cassius's hand. As you dig a grave large enough for two halves of a horse, a steed, that Cassius was very fond of. I think you both you look at this corpse with the niggling thought in the back of your mind that this horse's corpse could have been anyone's of our friends. How lucky are we that we didn't have that happen? How much is luck? How much of it is just strength? How much of it is just the right decision in the right place? I guess that's part of the luck too. The spade bites the earth. Cassius flops down, grabs the, the grabs the broader skin at his waist and digs deeply, holds it up for you, tosses it to you. Take a swig. Ooh, that's not water whiskey burning down. Not even the good stuff, which he can't afford as his high position. That the stuff that hurts going down. How do you do it? Do what exactly? Build something just to watch it be torn down. Love people and then send them away to maybe die. Leave yourself not knowing it's going to be there when you come back. I thought all I had to worry about was my sister all the way up north, but now I'm sitting here looking at that and he gestured toward where the guild hall is a few hundred feet off and this gesturing toward his, his horse. And I'm wondering how soon that gesturing to the, the open shallow grave, when that's gonna belong to somebody else. you do it? There ain't no secret. What's the alternative, Cash? Just run away and hide? This war came to our door. We didn't ask for it. Thing that's you know it's easy when it's monsters and krakens and vampires fuck it's easy stuff. yeah I feel like everything I've done so far has been easy but now I know that there's people out there not that different from me or you that are hurting people I care about, that are actively working against their own existence, I guess. I've killed people before. That should be a shock. I'm guessing you have too, once 
or twice. Every now and then. I don't know. You know what I'm getting at here. I probably had too much water. I want to kill the people that did this. And I want to kill everybody they care about. So they can feel a fraction of the pain that I feel and the concern I feel. I'm worried that's making me a little bit of a jerk. And you know me. Inigo has that that role filled to the brim. Nah, you've always been a jerk. That's not kind of this stuff. So what do you do when you're face to face with another fucking flesh and blood human, halfling, dwarf? Well, we all know halflings are easy. What do you do when you're face to face with that? And just because somebody has a different ideology than than you, they pull they pull a stick on you. Guess the way I see it is, all you can really do is give people a choice. And once they make it, if the choice you've made clashes with theirs, well. You can either lie down or fight him to see who's right. Getting caught up in what's good and what's bad and who's right and who's wrong, it's kind of a waste of time, really. So to the victor goes the spoils? We ain't gods. We don't know how things work. We're doing the best with what we got. Norman, you're standing in front of a desk. You've told a long story to a bald figure with a goatee and a mustache. Magical implements here and there around. Within a mansion, within a wing of a mansion that you shouldn't even be able to access, you shouldn't be able to see with key and the right, right lens you can. He says, Norwin Young. Do you know the greatest pain that you're going to have to face in your life? No. I would like not to speculate. You are going to lose people that you love. If not because of this war, then because of the actions you choose to take. If not because of that, then because you'll grow very old and they won't. That's maybe not the hardest thing. I have faced denizens of the hells, the celestial, undead, fey, astral beings, dreadnoughts them, themselves, spirits of giants, necromancers, witches, etc. Do you know the reason that my, my order does not get involved with mortal politics? I assume it was because you're busy with things that mortals could not handle. Busy is the excuse I'd like to use, yes. 
But the truth is, I'm terrified of what would happen if I did. With my power and the power behind me, I could walk into almost any palace on this plane of existence and take it for myself. Norman Young, you have that same power. The question is, if you involve yourself with their politics, when are you going to have to make the decision to flex that strength or not? And when you do so, can you live with the, with the repercussions of that? Do you want to be king? No, I know that's not true. This world would be easier if I was simply in charge of everything. But that thought scares me. For you, you haven't made that step away yet like I have. I have cast away those I love, those that could be tools used against me for the betterment of this realm and all the realms. I've offered you a position in my numbers to, to do so, and you've turned me down twice. That is fine, because you are young. But when you find that you have the power to change the world, you can choose to use it or not, depending on the circumstance you find yourself in. If you put yourself in that position, you will have to change the world one way or the other. I hope you're ready to make that d decision. And when you are, when you realize it is not worth it, come back to me and leave that behind. I'm gonna come back to you, Annie, as Alcaris is looking at you. What would you do? Tell you what I won't do. Won't be my hand on the dagger that goes into his stomach. I want no realm for myself. So, I'll do my best to convince him, or I'll do my best to convince those around him. Reaches a hand out to us. Promise me he'll come back. Don't let that fucker take you because you are worth more than I think to this day you even realize. It has nothing to do with how pretty your voice is, how well you sing, or what magics you cast. It's actually because you're the voice of the, the crowd. Oh no, you never wanted to be king? You say that. all of you come back to yourself this moment in time, remembering those so recent, near days ago conversations. What would you do? Where do you draw the line? And you find yourselves in a mortal realm with a mortal king, apparently unswayed by your enemy. And a man who is not innocent, who is for all intents and purposes a spy, 
who is having his throat slit before you as we speak. And you, especially you, but you two are not exempt by any means, are about to get corralled and put into chains and used as very powerful leveraging tools. You already know you cannot teleport from this place. The doors behind you are locked, closed. You recognize the sigils all throughout here. Not shockingly, the parent king would never allow himself to, to, to be in a place where he could be hurt by an external forces. So I'll ask you all this. As the blade is being cut through and you see the guards clenching and you see Caldron scribe sort of raising his staff in hand and you see High Marshal Talon Starkhold standing, drawing his sword. What do you all do? Do I have time to say something? You do. I will thaumaturgy. Any who stand down will be spared. Any who attack will not. Make your choice. Give me persuasion, uh, an intimidation check. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember this. I want you to actually write down what the number is because it's not going to work right now. But as whatever happens, happens, it may trigger people and they're like, holy shit. 20. 20? Easy to, easy to remember. Your voice echoes through this place as loud as the king. Nice big plans for you. <laughs> Shit myself. Norman. And then I'm step aside so you can run and jump. What do you do? This is not really, not really actions. You hear mm-hmm. Annie say that. You know there's two guards behind you. You know that there are people. Are, all the things I said is happening is happening. What do you do? Hmm. This isn't an, this is not an action in combat person. I'm just, I'm just wondering what you do, where your mind goes based on the conversation you just had with mm-hmm. Lord Kanan, and where your head is at right now. Could you bust through the um, door, through the door behind you? Mm-hmm. Very possibly so. Mm-hmm. Would that be the um, easier way? Very possibly so. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking, what do you do? I think Norman definitely wants to read the room around. I want to, you know, get the kind of muffled definitions of Annie, of Urphile, the guards, and then all of the, um, these fools. Well, then I'll flip to you, Urph, and I'll ask you, what are you doing? Not an action again, but in this mm-hmm. moment in time where everything is tense and people are standing, drawing steel, um, Annie has bellowed what she, she says, and, and amplified throughout this place. What do you do? Uh... I would just be kind of ready to, if, if we're not doing an action, I'd be ready to summon hack from a wound kind well, of thing. Well, your body so. posture is that of one of tension. Your eyes look, looking at the guard. I mean, the if the guards, guards behind me are getting ready, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're like... Hearing what she said, like, okay, I'm expecting somewhat yeah. of a fight. So with mm-hmm. that, the body posture of everybody around you, you see is that of imminent combat. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you do see that the guards behind you and, and are two guards in front in, in front of you, mm-hmm. and one behind you does have like golden shackles on, like handcuffs mm-hmm. on their their sides as well that they're reaching sort of toward those this moment in time. Fair enough. Okay. In which case, I draw my cloak near and then brace for what's about to happen. 
I assume. Okay. okay. Everybody, roll initiative. Mm-hmm. Steven, I'll, I'll need this. We, we can go ahead and stop that right now. We'll all do our mm-hmm. little paperwork here. Hear me. 